pulse rifles and plasma grenades after action report. the SDF-1 review. So there's this alien, he's not a Zentradi, named Zor, and he escaped with a ship full of robo-technology, which is a mix of protoculture and transforming robots, apparently. Protoculture, it's like this hippie life plant. We'll talk about it at some point when we actually do the episode that talks about the whole impact of the show. So Zor crash lands this three-quarter of a mile long, 1.2 kilometer, 4,000 foot long, however you want to measure it, ship into Earth, killing his crew. Managed to stop a global war and bring peace and chicken grease to the Middle East in the process. It took 10 years for Earth to overhaul the alien vessel, develop radical reverse-engineered technology, and train an entire military force. Kind of crazy. Realistically, I think everyone probably would have fought over it. The crew is raw recruits, although some appear to be actual veterans of the global war, once opposing forces. Uh, Later, we kind of find out there was a Mars military base. I don't know. That one confused me. It didn't really seem to work with the story. There's a lot of inconsistencies in the story. It does need to be rewritten. Uh, The books apparently, like, clean up a lot of that, but... Cartoon-wise, it's kind of a mess. Come to think of it, none of the math really adds up in the show. Foker's about 30, and it's been 10 years since the Global War, which means he was a fighter ace with over 100 kills at 20. And Rick is 18, but he's been winning competitions since he was 10. I mean, we're really stretching some timelines here. It would actually make more sense if Foker was 36 as a lieutenant commander, and Rick was 21. And so for the sake of pedo bear creep, let's make Minmay 18 instead of 16. A couple of adjustments would actually make a lot more sense in this show from quite a few points. It would fix the timelines, it would make some of the ranks make more sense, some of the character behaviors make more sense. It would feel a lot more natural, but moving on. Uh, We do have an old salt dog Russian naval commander in charge. He's in his mid-50s, I'll buy it. Actually, more than anyone else, honestly. Now, on a side note, this and Star Trek The Next Generation kind of bugged me. I recently rewatched season one. Top-of-the-line ships are being sent out with mostly boot crews. Yeah, Riker shows up. Yeah, Crusher's, you know, there. Picard definitely is salty. And then you kind of hint that, you know, Data's been around the block and Worf's been around the block, but everybody kind of feels real boot. Um, You look at any major U.S. naval vessel, you have senior-as-fuck leadership staff. Not just one commander for one captain. You would have a captain... Yeah, so, so in Star Trek, you have, like, one commander, one lieutenant commander, and a whole shitload of ensigns. Uh, you really have salt dogs galore. Three or four commanders, a few dozen lieutenant commanders. Uh, don't even get me started on Trek and its ignorance of enlisted life either. So, back to the SDF-1, with the similar problem. Sure, you have a handful of crew that were global war vets, like Roy and Claudia, but the bootness of the crew kind of scares me. Sure, the junior officers and the junior enlisted would not have served ten years ago in the global war, I get that, but you'd have a boatload of senior staff that would at least have twelve year, ten years under their belts. Everyone at the lieutenant commander level would have, like, 12 years experience, okay? You know, an 04 would have roughly 12 years, even if they were just straight officers and never served a lick of enlisted time, all right? You know, in the commander level, you're talking an 05. So they're going to be, like, 15, bare minimum, more like 17, 20 years service at that point. Um, and, And you had a war, big global war, so you'd have plenty of experience to spread around your spanking new RDF flagship. You don't put the boots, nothing but boots, or a bulk of boots, on your frickin' flagship. 
you would have a ton of senior staff, senior enlisted, um, mid-grade to senior grade officers that had been around for a long time and served in the big war. Instead, we really see a lot of boot motherfuckers. All right, just to clarify a little further by what I mean. Uh, so, with you know, boot wouldn't make up the bulk of your force. Okay, yes, the majority of your folks would be junior enlisted, junior officers, like 70% of your force. But, and then only like, you know, any mid-grade being, I don't know, like another 20... 25% and then your senior folks that have been in for freaking ever would be like five or less. But what it feels like is it feels like we've got like 95% boot ass motherfuckers and then like just this dusting, a sprinkling of actual veterans and senior folks that are uh, in that uh, senior pay grade level. And that, that's what feels wrong, especially with two ships, both in the Star Trek universe and in the Robotech universe that are these flagships these premier top-of-the-line ships, you're not going to miss out on that. It's not really middle management, but the, you know, the 04 to 06 range before you, uh, or the o, the 04 to the 05 range, really, and the, you know, senior staff NCOs. And then, yeah, you'll have the one captain, or maybe even with that kind of, those kind of ships, you'd probably put an admiral. It really is a quote-unquote flagship. Um, but, yeah, that's what I mean by that. Uh, the design of the ship, however, made me fall in love with big battleships in space, more so than a Star Destroyer. I will say years later, I came to love things like the Super Star Destroyers um, uh, and the Mon Cal Cruisers, and I have an appreciation for those things now, but as a kid, for some reason, this really hit me. It felt like a proper battleship. I love the idea of a city in a battleship. It was actually really cool. I was actually, you know, so I was actually not a fan of the Transformers aspect, Felt it was kind of dumb. Super big spaceship, eh, I don't know. The Daedalus maneuver was kind of cool, you know, punching spaceships. Uh, still, overall, I love the split-level bridge design. I actually stole it from myself or something else and made it a little bit larger. Well, a lot a bit larger. Uh, and the massive carrier in space vibes it gives off. The systems feel like something we'd put in space for sector dominance and space superiority. Point defense shields are kind of weak. But I want to say there was an argument about power drain made later. I don't know. I'll have to watch some more episodes. It's been a minute. Uh, the actual guts of the ship always seem to be in canon question-wise, as things don't really seem to line up. But hey, we'll fix that in retcon post, right? The fighter complements and the destroids are badass. The VF-1s are obviously based on the design of the F-14 Tomcat, which was the premier fighter jet of the 80s. Danger zone, Lana. Lana. Lana! What? <laughs> Danger zone. And the transformation makes sense. I'm talking about the transformation of the fighters, so the Veritex. It makes sense in a warped way. It fits the universe for a hand-to-hand -hand combat with giant aliens, if that's what they were going for. Likely, though, the tech would be really impractical to implement and an absolute bitch for maintainers. So, enjoyed getting back to this show. It's been a while. It's definitely a core part of my childhood. Gotta love it. And maybe we'll do some more because this whole show is a war in space. As opposed to, like, Star Trek where we really gotta wait until, like, season four or five for some actual battles. Alright. Looking forward to more stuff coming. We'll keep these after actions every Wednesday. Yut yut! <laughs>
Pulse rifles and plasma grenades after action report. 